This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. For myself, John Kelly and Jeremiah Stringer, the king of Kentucky backpacking, we want to welcome you to another episode of the podcast. Mr. Jeremiah, how are you this fine, fine 90-something degree day? <laughs> I'm trying to stay cool, dude. Uh, luckily, and I hear that my job is inside. It's not so lucky all year round, but uh, right now I'm very thankful. Look outside, see my truck tires sticking to the blacktop, my parking spot, and I say, "Yeah, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm inside right now." Yeah, I, I bet you all the people like in Arizona and California are just laughing at us right now. They're just like <laughs> pansies. <laughs> I, people I had down to... in South Florida, they're all like, "Yeah, uh, yeah." Hold my beer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, dude. I had a, a company that sent me a uh, like electric bike a while back, mm -hmm. and they keep emailing me, and they're like, hey, when's this going to go in a video? When's this going to be integrated in? You know? And I was in Spain. I wasn't able to do it. And I just got an email a couple days ago, and they're like, hey, we're just checking back in, you know, because this is expensive. You know, those bikes are expensive, and they want something yeah. out of sending it to me. And I said, yeah, I'm going to put it in a camping video. Uh, I'm planning on taking it camping with me. Because I thought, you know, at the campground, that'd be fun to ride around, maybe take it to the lake yeah. or whatever. Let Bridget take it around. Yeah. And um, I said, well, I plan on putting it in a camp video. And right now, it is like 36 degrees Celsius. Because this is a, a, I think it's a Chinese company. Pretty sure. Okay. But uh, I figured they're using Celsius over there. So, I thought it's about 36 degrees Celsius, and that is way too hot for me to be camping. So, let me get back to you September, October. Then yeah. maybe, maybe we'll get some relief. We'll see. <laughs> well, and it's it's funny because uh, I've got cousins in Arizona, and they all like 100 degree heat, but the, hum the humidity is like 10% or 20%. Yeah, it's a little different. Here, yeah, dude, and like here, it's like 95%. We, uh... You, you've been over to the house. We bought this house, you know, a year or two ago, and it's got a basement. It's the first house I've ever had with a basement my whole life. And we got the air condition worked on multiple times, and the basements, they just love being damp. And so mm -hmm. I talked to the air conditioning guy, and I was like, what should I do? He said, you can set the basement on 68 in the summertime because it's so humid here and get you a dehumidifier. So I went to Lowe's. And started shopping for a dehumidifier. This is when we first moved in. And, dude, they are expensive. I think it was like $300 just for this little one to suck mm -hmm. the moisture out of the air. And um, my th my uh, AC guy, he said, you need to switch out this thermostat, like the one that the previous owner had just didn't work. So that was the first thing before we can even get the AC working down here. And he said, you need to get this. This specific one. It's got like a little screen and stuff. Tells you humidity inside and outside. I can empty that thing three times a day. And it will just stay at 60%. I try and keep it 50 to 60% down there. It's so 
I don't know if it's because I'm close to the lake or what. Or maybe that it's just the, plays a part in it, I would guess. I'm sure it doesn't help, but it's just that Kentucky weather. But I digress. Ah, you know, we're okay. Because here's the thing. Our winters aren't that bad. <laughs> no, we do okay in the winter. So, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Yeah. Actually, backpacking in the winter in Kentucky is kind of awesome, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, dude, you can't go I, wrong. If you get snow, it's awesome. If you don't, it still feels yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's it's never that cold. Well, I mean, it can, but it's it's a rare occasion, you know? It's like in, in uh, certain places where it gets down to, like, negative temperatures all the time. We just don't have that here. So, wintertime's like 30s, 20s, and I don't know about you, but I sleep really well on those nights. Yeah, that zero-degree underquill. And another good thing is the gear that you buy doesn't have to be rated for extreme temperatures because you're not going to get into that. So, you don't have to go out here and get a negative 30-degree bag, you know? Yeah, you're not layering quilts and all that kind of stuff. You're just kind of enjoying. I tell you Lovely weather. Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, he showed me his jacket. He got this as a Christmas gift. Um, Mrs. Backpacking said, what can I get you? And he said, I've had my eye on this Arcteryx um, puffy jacket. And I don't know if you've messed around with those, but they are really nice. I mean, they are pretty penny. They're not cheap, that's for sure. Yeah, and he, it stuffs into the pocket. He actually brought it, he may have brought it on our kayaking trip. No, couldn't have been, because that was the summer. It's too hot been, for that, yeah. Yeah, it must have been the last cold trip that we took. I don't remember where we went. We taken a lot of trips together, but he said, I'm trying out my new jacket. He showed me it stuffs into the pocket and zips up in its own pocket for self-storage, and it compresses down, and uh, smaller than a football, which is saying something for a big, big puffy jacket like what he has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Now, here's here's a question. You you have a list for us to talk about today. You have something that you a topic that you've got, and I think it could relate to what we're talking about right now a little bit. Yeah, dude. I actually I picked out this topic for us to talk about today, and I made quite a few videos on it um, in the past, so people are familiar with my YouTube channel, Jeremiah Stringer Hikes. Um, oh, you, you have know, a YouTube channel? I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one, um, and I neglect it. So let's keep going. <laughs> okay, we'll keep on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I I picked out the topic of backpacking and hiking mistakes. I think it's always fun yeah. to talk about, and unfortunately, it seems no matter how proficient you get at backpacking, you still seem <laughs> to make some of the common mistakes or. You find a new mistake you didn't even know that you could make. Like mm-hmm. the last trip that I went on, I got I got to her campsite, right? And everything's awesome. You get everything set up. Night is beginning to fall. And what I always do is before it gets too dark, I'll go over to my hammock. And I like to put my um, headlamp around my ridgeline of my hammock. That way I know exactly where it is whenever I need it. And I loop it through itself. So I go get my headlamp, and I go to put it on. Click, nothing. Click, nothing. So I hold in the button to check the battery. Dead. It had come on the whole time 
the whole time that I was out there. And then by the time night came around, since it had been on all day, you know, the run time on those, I don't know how long they are, but it's not like 12 hours. So uh, I don't know if it came on in the truck or what. But long story short, then you're stuck with the cell phone light. Yep. Have you been there? And y'all, I've, I've been through that, dude. I've done it. I think, I don't know anybody who has, I mean, I'm sure some, most people haven't, but I've, I've had mine usually in my fanny pack on the front of my pack. Yeah. And uh, if something happened. I think I set my camera in there and I must have hit the button and it was daytime. So I didn't notice that the light was on. And so uh, I was setting things up for camp and uh, grabbed my headlamp, put it around my neck and left my phone in the tent. <laughs> yeah, I do that. I hang it around my neck. I was I was charging my phone in the tent. So I walked out to the campsite, sat down, was eating dinner, talking to everybody, having a good old time. And it started to get dark. And I was like, well, boys, mm-hmm. I'm going to head back to the tent. Dude, I, I, it was everything I could do not to trip over every root and rock and everything on the way because I couldn't see squats. So somebody had to actually, who wasn't a dunce like me, put their headlamp on and walked with me back <laughs> to my tent. It's embarrassing. So, oh man, it was. I felt so dumb. And uh, lit, lit, you know, as soon as I got into the tent, I'm charging it. You know, charging the headlamp. Yeah. But of course, that's also the danger of the chart rechargeable headlamps. Yeah. Because the uh, ones that use batteries can last like. Something like 30-something hours. Yes, you know? it's ridiculously long. Yeah, so, I mean, but that's the chance you take when you're doing rechargeable versus a battery one. And if you know your headlamp, most headlamps have have a lock that you can put on them, you, you know, pushing the button a certain way so that it doesn't do that. Yeah, so, I was kicking myself because I got out there, and that feature is on my headlamp. But yeah. unfortunately for me... I did not utilize that feature. Sometimes you're too smart for your own good. <laughs> I know. You're like, I'm never going to do that. Oh, no, no. And so... But then you do it. Here's the other thing. If you're just going on an overnight, sometimes, you know, I only have a few things that use a micro USB cord. So sometimes on, on an overnight, you're like, ah, I'm not really going to need... I'm not really going to need that, so... I don't need to charge my headlamp. I'm just using it tonight. Yeah, why would I? I'm going to be back home, like... I'm going to be gone for, what, 15 hours? I'm going out there for an evening. Right. It's all fine. We'll head back in the morning. Yeah, I ended up having to borrow uh, Jason's cord. Cause, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I left it at home, bro. That's awesome. I'm always that's learning. Awesome. Okay, you ready for another one? Yeah, I've, I've actually got one for you. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah. Because we were talking about hot weather, uh-huh. and it just came, it, like it was something I thought about. A lot of people in hot weather, especially if they're not from down around here, they go out and it's going to be like, like it is right now where it's like, I mean, 95 degrees during the day mm-hmm. and it's only going to get down to 75 overnight. Don't bring a puffy jacket. Don't bring like a bunch of clothing that you need for cold weather, because when you're hiking in hot weather, every step is more difficult. Heat <laughs> is oppressive. You know, heat is so oppressive. And that's, that's why for me in the summertime, I started doing the tent because it's just lighter. You know, I have the Durston yeah. X-Mid Pro 2, which is a Dyneema tent, weighs all of like 19 ounces. So I've got, I, the summertime, I'm actually ultra weight, ultra light. Like literally my, my base weight's, I think eight point something pounds in the summertime 
because every step on a hill in the summer is way more oppressive than it is in the wintertime or in the spring or the, or the fall. It's so like, don't bring things you don't need. Like it's amazing. Like bring a raincoat. It's fine, but you don't need to bring like a puffy and a fleece and a knit hat. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't need gloves. You don't need hot hands. Yeah. You just don't need those things. Um, it's different. Maybe if you're going to be like in the smoky mountains where you're going up, however many thousands of feet and it's going to be colder up there. But if you're in places where it's just not going to be cold at night at all, like it's not even be cool at night, mm-hmm. save yourself the trouble. Dude, I thought I looked at the weather and I thought that it wasn't going to be, I was like, it's just going to be very mild. So I decided mm-hmm. I was going to hammock camp and I brought my 40 degree under and I was like, man, I'm going to sweat to death in here. It's summertime. And I brought, um, uh, like a really, really light uh, top quilt. And I, yeah. I brought a liner just in case. I was like, I might not need this quilt. I might just do the liner. Dude, it got down to like 58 or 62. <laughs> I was so... Where was this? This was when we were at the lake. I don't know if it's well, just because... Oh, you're not right by the lake. Yeah, that I, makes sense. Yeah, maybe the lake is just cooling everything down. And, you know, we took the kayaks out, and it was dark. You know, we were checking out the moon, checking out the stars and everything, and I was cold. You know, my shorts were wet. We went back to the fire. I dried off, changed clothes, and I crawled in that hammock, and I was like, thank God I actually brought an underquilt. Because I thought about just, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. if it's going to be, you know, 78 degrees tonight, I'm not going to need an underquilt. Besides, like, mosquitoes, they can bite through your hammock. So did your weather forecast tell you it was going to be 78 degrees? Oh, I don't know. This is a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I say I checked it. I might not even check it. If we're being honest, I might have just been like, dude, it's August. What am I doing? It's August. Yeah, we actually just had the coolest first two weeks of August. Isn't that weird? That we've had in years. And then this week, it's like, it's going to be like 100 degrees this week. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. I'm, I'm definitely not heading out uh, in this hot weather. Yeah, it's probably good to check the weather forecast. That probably helps. Yeah, maybe do that. Never assume the weather. But, of course, if you're doing more than one night, you may want to bring that puffy jacket. I'm just talking like the overnight quick trip. You know, there's no sense in bringing a bunch of extra stuff for that. So, I think yeah, I'm- man, it is, it is going to be hot. Look, I'm going to tell you these temperatures this week. Yeah. 94, 95, 99, 91. And then it drops down to like happy temperatures like 83 and 84 i like so, that i like the happy temperatures i like happy temperatures dude i like and the it, hot very close to really happy temperatures soon i like the hot too though like uh over the weekend our friends they a few weeks ago have bought a boat and oh wow let me tell you about this real quick actually <laughs> is this a backpacking mistake that you had with getting on a boat no the next one i want to give you is a gear mistake this is an expensive one too that's my little teaser. All right. Okay. You know how, like, uh, you, you're listening to a radio show or something, and they're like, and after we get back, we got a gear oh. mistake that is going to cost you more money than any other mistake after these messages. So this is your commercial break. <laughs> this is yeah, a little story break, just because it's our podcast. We can talk <laughs> about whatever we want. So um, our friends got the boat, right? 
and we had to cancel last weekend because it was absolutely pouring the rain. It was supposed to rain for like an hour, and then it rained just cats and dogs all evening, all afternoon, all evening. So you miss the hot part of the day. You want to take the boat out, and you can't. So then they're like, okay, well, if you can come next Saturday, we're going to do it again. All right. I get to the ramp, and they're, they're always hassling me about being late. So I got there. I was still late, all right, but I was only like 17 minutes late. Like, we're all meeting yep. at noon. All right, noon on a Saturday. I think I can do it. 17 minutes is kind of early for you, actually. Oh, well, it depends on the circumstance. I like to be fashionably late. <laughs> you know, you never want to show up too early to, you know, get together. It's a little bit weird. Sitting there, there's only three other people. You're just waiting on everybody to trickle in. The host is still getting stuff ready. You're like, what am I doing? So, I'm only 17 minutes late, and I beat them there, all right? Because my buddy said, hey, we left our car at the church. We drove, you know, we drove two different vehicles, left one. Can you stop by there and see if the car's unlocked because the life jackets are in there? We have some other life jackets. They're not the nice ones, but they'll get the job done because you have to have one life jacket for every person that you take on the boat, according to the state law. Right, right. So, um we stopped by the church, and the car's locked. I text him, and then we drive on to the boat ramp. Well, they have the key to the car, so they actually had to drive over, which made us earlier than them. We're actually the first ones there. So we park, and this is the first time that we've all launched this boat together. Okay? So they took it okay. out. They took it out like a few days after they bought it just to test it out and make sure, you know, we want this, blah, 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 blah. So I think the boat runs. I'm going to show up. So they say, who knows how to drive a boat? <laughs> there's two people. Wait, that, it's their boat and they don't know how to, how to drive a well, boat? Well, there's, there's two people. My buddy says that, you know how they put those stickers on like new driver cars? Like I'm a student driver, watch out. Basically, or like if you're in uh, England, they have like the learner's permit in the window or whatever, right, right, the L, right, right. the license yeah. plate. Who knows how to drive a boat? Well, there's two people that know how to drive the boat. One is the person that bought it, and the other is me. Okay. okay. Now, next question. Who knows how to back the boat into the water? And there's only two people that can back the boat into the water, and it's the same two people. Because ever since I started fishing, you know, and had a driver's license, your job is to back the boat into the water. You know, your uncle right, right. or dad or whoever's like, I'll line it up for you, back it in, I'll get it, you park, and then you can I'll hop on. everything. Yeah. I'll get we'll, it in the water, yeah. We'll be good to go. So I've been through it multiple times. We live by the lake. So I say, one of us is going to have to drive this boat, and the other is going to have to back the trailer. You know, my buddy's uh -huh. like, uh, well, who wants to do what? And he says he's not super good at backing trailers. That's, why, that's explicitly why he picked the boat ramp that he did, because it's like four or five lanes wide. He's like, if we're sitting oh, there for yeah. 10 minutes, I'm trying to jiggle around with stuff and figure this out and unload it. I don't want to feel pressured because there's... Other people have a chance to get their know. boats out still. Yeah, you'll yeah. get 12 people at the top of the ramp waiting to launch, and then you're down there, right. and they're looking at you. So I say, I'll back the boat in. You all, Everybody just hop in the boat. So they get in the boat. We take it from the parking lot down to the boat ramp. I circle us around, back it into the water. Everything's fine. Everybody's in the boat. My buddy has the key in, turns it, click, 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 click. 
Is there any fuel? There's no battery juice. <laughs> the battery's dead. The battery is dead. So I put the emergency brake on in the truck, right? Put it in park, put the e-brake on, get uh-huh. out, walk back there. And I'm like, guys, what's going on? You know? And they're like, uh, the battery's dead, but it's okay. We have this portable charger to juice up the battery. So we sit there for like five minutes. They're juicing up the battery. Finally get it started. I uh, get back in the truck after we get the boat launched. Drive it back up. Come back down. We go out and we have our boat day. And everybody wants to stop and swim. Right? So we've tubed. (laughs) We've water skied. We want to stop and just chill. Maybe have a couple drinks, a snack, and hop in and swim. So did the battery die again? Well, I'm like, hold on a second before you turn this boat off. <laughs> you know, because at this point, it, you know, if you drive 20 minutes away from the ramp, that's a pretty good drive back, you know? Yeah, and I don't, I'm guessing they don't have any long, like, Viking oars or anything for you guys to row back with. Well, as soon as, it's funny you say that, because as soon as they said the battery's dead, I said... Hold on, before we get this boat running, do you all have an oar, at least one oar in this boat? So at the very least, we can paddle over to another boat and get a tow. Because if you're just sitting there, people just assume that you're just swimming, and then you're stuck trying to wave people down or calling somebody and see if they can drive over and tug you in. So uh, there was an oar down with the cheap orange life jackets that they had purchased, and uh, we stopped. Everybody's ready to swim, and I say, I want everybody to cross their fingers because (laughs) once we turn this boat off, there's no going back. Got to hope it comes back on. (laughs) Yes. So we jump in, we swim, we get back on the boat after a while. Success. The boat starts back up. We're able to drive back. Man, that's good. That's good because it didn't sound like it was going to be that way. (laughs) Well... To new boaters, there's only one thing harder than launching the boat, <laughs> and it's getting the boat it's out of the it water. Back on the pier. <laughs> now it took a few tries. We had to adjust how much uh, of the trailer was sticking out of the water, how much was in the water, where to park the truck, etc. But uh, the boat might have come back on crooked the first try. <laughs> we might have had to push it back out, and ordinarily you would hit. You'd hit the trailer, and then you would give the boat a little bit of throttle to push it up so that right. whenever you ratchet it down, it's already in position. Right. That is not what, that is not what occurred. He just parked the boat <laughs> on, the, on the trailer, and he's like, hook it up and, and, ring, and, and uh, ratchet Wanted it in. Wanted to pull it up. Yeah, it's a little bit embarrassing because there's like a boat on each side of you, and these people are acting as professionals. You know, these boats, you have a boat eight times the size of the one that we're on and they have no issues launching it and they have no issues, um, taking it out of the water. I got to tell you, man, it was a, it was a total experience, but we all survived. And tell me you videoed that. (laughs) No, I didn't video any of that's funny. Oh, (laughs) They missed opportunity right there, man. Total I was, missed opportunity. I think I was telling this whole story because of being being early or being late. And we had a little bit because they all wanted to go get food after we got done on the boat. And we did. We went to um, Buffalo Wings and Rings. There's I no, love that place. Yeah. It's great. 
Their chicken, yeah. they give you more wings than B-dubs, which is fantastic. And, and you get to choose so many more options. Yeah, it's a it's a good establishment, good plug for them. Check out Buffalo Wings and Rings if you haven't. You can get you some wings and rings. And if you're from corporate for Buffalo Wings and Rings, we'd love to do a sponsorship. Oh, yeah, dude. I'd love to get in on some free wings. That would so, be awesome. As we're leaving, my buddy's like, hey, dude, 6 o'clock, right? We're meeting at 6 o'clock at Wings and Rings. And I'm like, yes, I'll be there before 6. And he's like, there is not a chance you'll be there before 6. Okay. I was like, all right. <laughs> all right, let's make a bet on it. Let's make a bet. He says, okay, let's make a bet. I say, all right, what do you want to bet? He's like, you decide. And I was like, how about you had to buy the other person's food? And uh, I was like, I think, I think that'd make a good bet. He's like, all right. And then, right as I'm about to get in my truck, I look at my clock, and it says like 4:45. And I say, that's not long. I still gotta go home and change clothes and then drive there. So I say, how about how about just a beer? You know, who if if I don't make it there before six, then I have to buy you a beer. Or vice versa. He says, all right, I'll agree to that. Dude, we're about to leave the house, and it is four, or it is like 548. And I'm like, 12 minutes. I think I can drive there in 12 minutes. I, I check it. I say, hey, Siri, give me directions to, oh, she actually picked up. I ask her to give me directions <laughs> to uh, <laughs> Buffalo Wings and Rings. She says it's a 15-minute drive. I say, no, I got 12 minutes, but apparently it's totally wrong. Cause I checked Google and it was like, it's a nine minute drive. Well, long story short on this part, we pulled in the parking lot at five fifty nine. walked in the restaurant at six and decided to call it a tie because we had not decided if you had to be there before six, before six or at after six. six. Yeah. Or after. So Neither of us had to buy anything uh, for the other person. Good day. It was a great day. But you also didn't make people wait. I did not. Actually, we had to wait on the – there was one other couple that were coming, but they were actually camping, so their campground was like 30 minutes away. So by the time – we got a couple apps, you know, a couple drinks and waited on them. But, yeah, hadn't told you about that, so I guess a good story to tell on here, maybe. That's good. That's good. Now, tell tell me about some mistakes here, man. All right. Be a good mistake. All right. I have a good one for you. The most expensive mistake that you can make, in my opinion, other than maybe accidentally burning your gear, like Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, is right. whenever you get home, not letting your gear dry before you start oh. it. <laughs> and yes, this is one thing that I think is disgusting. Yes. Some people. They'll stick their stuff, like even, I'll, I'll bring a, a plate with me, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes paper plate, sometimes reusable. Some people stick those dirty dishes back in their stuff, and I think that's absolutely disgusting. But <laughs> it could be like you washed your stuff, you do, you like your, um, your cookware, you know, your plate, all that kind of stuff, and then before it's dried, you put it back in its gear storage. Yeah. But the more expensive one is... Your under quilt or your top quilt or your tent. Yeah. yeah. I think the tent is the most expensive one. Um, and I'm guilty of this one. Uh oh, so tell that's me about why it. You said it. I went, oh, <laughs> what happened with your tent, dude? So it was, uh, 
it, it, it's my family tent that that's the issue. Um, I took my kids out camping at a friend's farm and it's this massive tent. It's like six foot something. You could stand up inside of it. That's how tall it is. Oh, big boy. It is, it is a massive tent. And so I took it out there and the humidity was just awful. And we woke up the next morning. It looked like it rained on the tent, but there was no rain. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so we had to get going that morning. And it's a huge, I mean, it's, when I say it's massive, it's massive. And so we needed to get going that morning. And so I grabbed it real quick, shoved it into there. And I was like, I got to make sure when I get home, I let this sit out so it can dry out. Four months later. Did you catch that? Four, Four months later. months. I pull out this awful smelling tent when I'm at a campsite, realizing oh. I never dried this tent out. And the tent's not in the best shape anymore. And it's <laughs> uh, it does not smell good. And there's black mold parts inside. I mean, just the whole thing's gross now. And I'm actually actively shopping for another family tent because this one's just it's torched. You know what I mean? Like it's frustrating that I, I let it get to that. That was, and it was one of those things of, you know, you're with your kids and you're trying to make sure everything gets done and you get home and then all of a sudden you've got stuff that you have to do that day. And then you just, I just completely forgot about the tent. Oh, forgot and, and uh, not neglected. Oh, completely forgot it. Just completely forgot. And, uh, yeah. So long story short, man, don't do that to your tents. Cause it really screws them up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe like time uh, to retire the that areas. One. The taped areas, because of what I did, actually dried out, like because of the way the moisture works. Mm -hmm. So it messed up the tape on the inside of it. So that all the taped areas, the tape has come loose, and it's just a big mess. Now it's just a glorified, nasty, smelly palace to hang out in when you know it's not going to rain. Oh, yeah, retire that bad so, boy. The big tents, though, man, they're so expensive. I, you know, it's hard to swallowed the the cost of replacing those because we bought one and i had a gift card for an online site and i was like yeah. i'm gonna cash this in and get this big big one so we can use it you know for a family tent like you said yeah i'll tell, I'm you, tell you though i love the tent it's just it's ruined because of the very thing you just said and you can't leave you know i i left a i guess it was the um the outdoor vitals what is the, the 40th two person tent? I left that one for a few days, one time by accident. And I pulled it out and set it up in my, in my front yard to let it dry out. Uh -huh. And because it's a, a sil poly, I guess a sil poly or sil nylon, whichever one it is. Yeah. Um, when I first set it up, it looked like there were whelps in the fabric. What's that mean? Whelps. Yeah. You, you ever get hit somewhere and you get a bump on your leg? Oh, I thought those were called welts with a T. Is it with a Whatever, P? welts, whelps. I mean, it just depends on what part of the country you're from. Welches. But, uh, I mean, you know, we're not going to put on airs. For people outside of the South, you don't know what that means. Um, but, go ahead. Uh, Sorry to out so, you on that. Yeah, there you go. So, but there was these little bumps that were formed from the water that had gotten, that was on the tent where it had soaked into the fabric. No way. Now, luckily, you just leave it out in the sun and those things disappear and they're fine. Oh, okay. But... If I'd have left it for much longer, I could have potentially done permanent damage to my tent. So, you just got to be really careful with water, man. You got to you gotta make sure you take care of your gear. Yeah, and you know what I do um, for any 
I do it for most of my containers, actually, but especially the ones that something could have moisture. Like, I keep all of my bladders and filters and stuff in one container together. One thing you can do is, like, drill holes in the top of the container lid or in the sides, you know, depending on what kind of container you have. And those little packets that come in everything that's shipped. Hopefully this isn't... packs. Yeah, the silica packets. Hopefully this isn't slowly poisoning me because I'm putting them everywhere in all this gear and I'm using the gear. So if I end up with cancer, I had to sue the silica packet companies, which I'd probably lose because it's a, <laughs> it's my own fault for putting them everywhere. But It's my fault, but I'm suing them. Well, <laughs> hopefully I can get them some way. But yeah, dude, you can, you can put those, like if you save them, you know, you get stuff from Amazon or whatever. You can save those right. and throw those in your gear storage. You know, however you store oh, yeah. your gear. Oh, yeah. You want to do so one? what's next, man? You want to do what's our, uh, next, what's our next failure? Yeah, I was going to ask if you want to do one more. Um, we'll wrap this sucker up. I got this gnat, dude. It's been bothering me the whole show. It keeps flying around. I Googled what causes a bunch of gnats, and it said, <laughs> <laughs> dude. What? I have been overrun with gnats. <laughs> I've been overrun with gnats here at the house. We uh, we had it treated, and I have these gnats. I don't know. I was I was like googling. Is there a, a big wave of gnats coming through, or is like is it the time of year, or you know what is the deal? And it said humidity. It said yeah. <laughs> it said moisture and humidity. And it, it'll yep. drive them into your house. And so here we yep. are. So anyway, it's been aggravating me. Um, man, I got so many. I'm going to pick one for you. I think I'm going to go with... Uh, I think I'm going to go with... I'm deciding, dude. I thought about doing a poop one. Thought about doing a poop one because uh, we talk about poop on here. Well, now you don't have to because you've already talked about it. <laughs> yeah, All Bob. Six to seven. <laughs> I talked talked about it by proxy. Okay, right. I'll do a I'll do a little poop one. All right. Okay. Um, I'm gonna string a couple together dealing with poop. All right. Okay. First one is not digging a cat hole. Right. We talked about that a lot. You even live on the air decided to to buy yourself a a brand new spade so you can dig your cat holes but i also wanted to uh there it is the packed you got it packed together i also wanted to mention about the location of your pooping okay okay uh if i remember right uh mr andrew skirka brought this one up last time we had him on and it is the appropriate location for your poop. It has to be away from water sources. Well, they say yes. 200 feet. Is it 100 yes. feet, 200 feet? I think it's 200 feet. 200 feet, bury your poop. has to be away from the water source. Yeah. And do you remember what happened with uh, his situation? It depends on which situation you're talking about. Are we talking about the one with the grizzly bear? No, that is <laughs> that was a wild one too. But no, I was talking about where he set his tent up. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. You remember? Okay, I'll let you tell everybody uh, real quick what happened with uh, Mr. Skirka. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to set, if you're going to poop, it should be in a cat hole and buried. And it should never be in a campsite. Like, <laughs> in the and, campsite. And, and Jeremiah, I'm, I'm actually going to tell you when it happened to me at the Red River Gorge. I had oh! a campsite planned out for me and some friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, you know, literally it was just, it's right next to a parking lot because we were going to get up the next day and actually backpack and we were just going to get there late. You know, we got there super late. It was dark. But there's a campsite right behind this parking lot that rarely anybody uses. Yeah. So it's like we could go to that campsite and just camp out and we'll be fine. I'll set my hammock up in this one spot. There's this, these two trees. It's a great spot to do a hammock camp. So we get in there and right between the two trees, someone has dropped a deuce and left all the toilet paper sitting there. Oh, did they at least put the toilet paper on top of the poop? It was next to it. Next to it. Well, but it was a, it was a pile of it, and it was like out in the open. It wasn't even. I've never been so disappointed in my entire life because it's the perfect spot for a hammock. It's the perfect distance between the trees. The land below it is completely devoid of any vegetation, and it's. I mean, we're talking. It's the perfect hammock spot, and I couldn't. There was no way. I'm not going to sleep over top of poop all night. Let me so ask I ended up having to go find another spot. <laughs> we actually went to a different campsite because it was so gross. None of us wanted to be around it because it's not a huge campsite. <laughs> but I'm like so thinking gross. to myself, who literally walks into a campsite, drops trowel, and leaves it right there? Somebody with a bathroom emergency, but you'd think that you would at least dig a hole and then scrape it in there. You would think you wouldn't do it in, in open ground on the campsite. Like you would walk off the campsite at least 15 feet or so. You know what I mean? People Where people are, aren't just going to see. I mean, there's a trail that goes right through there. It's like, who the heck does this? So, well, there it is. There's billions of people on this earth. And uh, I got to tell billions you. Billions of people don't hike. With billions of people, you're going to have some dummies. It's It's terrible. It's terrible. Come on, people. It's I, feces. It's gross. I got two two things to say here on this. Okay, I got to hear Okay. Them. Number one. Number one. What's going on, hikers? <laughs> that was not it. That was my voice, but that wasn't me. That was past year. Uh, number one. How magnificent, or is there a campsite you can imagine that is so magnificent that you are willing in these tight quarters to take care of this deuce. How magnificent does that campsite have to be? Wait, what do you mean? Meaning there's poop there, but you need the spot. And the only way to get the spot is to move the poop. You're either going to bury it yourself or dispose I'll find of spot. it. I'm not touching someone else's. No, you don't dirt. have to. Like it's not happening. Hold on a second now. You do not have to touch it. I'm not moving someone else's stuff, no. How? So you're saying there is not a camp spot that is so magnificent that you would be willing to dispose of this fecal matter? No. You're no. declaring that right now. Yeah, I am. That's gross. <laughs> I like think there's levels gross. of gross, and then there's that. that. That's just what I can't do it. What, what about you? Is there one that's so magnificent you're willing to do it? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think it's as big of a deal as you think. Moving someone else's 
bodily waste. Well, it's not like I want here's, to do here's, it. Here's a wild card for you. Okay, here we go now. Here we go. Something that looks solid isn't necessarily solid. That is true. That's true. So you could think, oh, I just got to, you know, grab a, you know, a Ziploc bag or something, just scoop it like a doggy thing. Well, what happens if you do that and it just squishes and it goes all over the place? Well, all right. Now you're throwing. There's a wild here. card I don't want to deal with, and that's my wild card, and I just can't do it, man. I don't know why. It's so, by the way, I apologize to everybody that we're even talking about this right now. Why? Why does your brain go to Ziploc bag scooping poop like picking up dog poop? Well, what are you gonna do, man? How are you gonna move it? I was, I was only gonna move it like a foot, less than a foot. But Here's, what if you can't move it less than a foot and still be able to use the campsite? Well, it's going to be circumstantial, and that's true. But here's that's what, what I'm saying. Like, there's absolutely campsites I'm not going to go at if I have to move someone else's fecal matter. Okay, let's imagine for a second that we're in a world with the best campsite. Okay. Okay. You want this campsite? You want it so bad? Okay. Here's a question: Are you with me? <laughs> Hold on now. Now answer the question: Are you with me on this campsite? Are we together going to this campsite? We're not going to hold hands and move this poop. Well, no, I'm not saying that. You just, you just got to answer the question. Are we both going to be there? <laughs> we can both be there if you want. Okay, good. I'll let you have that part of the campsite. I'll have the other part of the campsite. Everything's good. I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> okay, here's here's what I was thinking. <laughs> Your <Woo>, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I like the drop. <laughs> I like the image uh, there. I had to do it. I had to cut you out completely there for a second. <laughs> Here's here's where my brain went. I didn't go okay. to to scoop the poop. I went with some of these sites have a broken shovel around, and I'm gonna dig me a little hole next to the poop. And I'm gonna. You never been on the AT? See, you're giving me questionable looks. You never been on the AT? And you're throwing a lot of like variables into this that you can't guarantee. Well, I made up like, the if whole. If you were to look at me and go, hey. If there was a small like shovel nearby and you could dig that up, carry it off your campsite and bury it off the campsite, well, yeah, I'll do that. But All right. Touche. I'm being realistic here. Touche. That's not happening. Realistically, I'm carrying a small shovel and it's called the Deuce of Spades. I'm just taking you out right now. <laughs> no, you can't no, even no. Do this. Okay, let me, let me, I'll, I'll finish with this. All right. We'll throw the second thing away. I'll finish with this. Okay. 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 All right. Go ahead. Using whatever method that you want, trekking pole, deuce of spade, a random shovel that was left because you're in the poop area on the AT near a shelter, but there's no privy, whatever right. circumstances, a stick. Yes. Hopefully the soil is loose enough to dig. Otherwise, this is null and void. I'm going to dig a hole close to the poop, and then I'm going to rake that poop in there and probably some of the dirt that was just under the poop. Hopefully it was a solid poop. And then I can cover it back up, and we can forget about it. But if it's semi-solid, this method should still work. If it's not, if it's just kind of liquidy, well, I think you're going <laughs> to... I know it's disgusting. I think you're going to have to... I might have thrown up in my mouth just a touch right there. That, that might have just happened. <laughs> I say kind of dig around, dig around, and then turn that soil over. You're okay. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm not saying I'll put a, my tent on top of it. I'm just saying there's a lot of lot of variables there. And and I would say 
on the whole, yes, I'm probably not taking that campsite. No, but you know, hope, on the whole, but it could be a magnificent, magnificent campsite. It could be a magnificent campsite, but you know what? There's a lot of magnificent campsites in this world. That's true. Find another one. Okay, I'm so done. I, I, I might go find another one, but that's just me. I mean, all I'm going to say is... You got one life. Live it. That's it. You know? In the words of Jason Wall, you got one life. Live it. That's right. So, <laughs> so Jeremiah was awesome talking with you today about just the most uncomfortable campsite in the history of mankind. Yeah, and, hopefully... Uh, uh, Hopefully some people had a laugh. Hopefully our stories were entertaining. And if they <laughs> weren't, people can join us on the live streams. Yes. What's, what's the date that that starts? Well, our first live stream of the year, or I should say of the new season, which is season number six, begins September 11th. September and that is going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is... What would that be? 5 p.m. Pacific. And we have a couple amazing guests for the very first episode back. Oh, we got a couple lined up already. Oh, we do. We have the Gear Bros. Oh, you, wanna, you know, <laughs> I the know, Gear Bros. I know who they are. Do you want to tell anybody who they are yet? That would be Justin Hick of Justin Outdoors and Sir Steven of My Life Outdoors. We got two all-star guys coming on and i call them the gear bros because man those guys have been doing a lot of videos together this year and they're always entertaining they're always informative and they're just better looking than we are so it's uh it's gonna be a good night of chatting it up with those guys i'm excited man let's do it and there may be a theme song oh i've heard rumors there might be a theme song <laughs> for the gear bros i'm just saying i can't guarantee it don't hold me to it, but there could be a theme song that night. So that's going to be 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Backpacking Podcast on YouTube. That is going to be our first live stream of the fall. We can't wait for you guys to be there. Yes, and we'll put out the audio version as well across all platforms. So don't worry if you're not able to catch it on YouTube. The content will continue to come. Absolutely. And so for myself and Jeremiah Stringer, we will catch you on the next one. Adios, folks.